I've been in this crazy spiritual fog lately. I'm struggling with things that may seem simple to some, but I question how simple these things really are, or at least to those of us who have truly suffered physical or emotional trauma. Or I could just be a man lacking in faith and maybe shouldn't need to question the things I do. Maybe I shouldn't feel the way I feel or think the things I think. Either way for me to move forward in life or get out of this stagnant fog, I need to process my feelings and ask questions about my thoughts. I don't know. I'm with King David and Jonah and Moses because I get mad at the way the world is and I become deeply sad at the way the world is. This is why I question things. But I don't think it's bad or wrong to question things or even to question God. Didn't like all the patriarchs, prophets, and saints of God question him, even challenge him? The thing I love about my God and our God is that he understands where we are coming from. I mean, it's not Jesus, God, the Jesus who loves and is therefore slow to anger, but he does anger. Slow to anger means you anger at some point. Love gets angry when a loved one gets hurt and at who or what hurt it. I'm angry at hurt and the what that causes the hurt because I love, that's why. I love so much that it hurts my heart to see other people and even animals hurting. It breaks my heart when God's creations hurt. It is only when we are apathetic that we don't love or care as much. And love, God says, is the highest value of all. Love for God, love for our neighbors above anything else. I shared a story in a previous podcast about the circumstances around putting my dog uh, to sleep or euthanizing my dog because her legs went out on her in old age and it really affected her quality of life. Uh, she tore her equivalent of, or her dog equivalent of what is a human ACL when she was more middle aged and we took her to have an expensive but effective surgery. Now, when we first got our new dog, who is now approaching middle-aged, I used to so admire her strong, muscular hind legs. I thought of them as not just legs, but almost like a redemptive quality she inherited from the spirit of my reincarnated previous dog. I know it's silly, and I don't fully think that way, but either way, I was, I was grateful for how strong her legs were as a pup. Well, now our current dog, Grace, just tore her ligament, the same one that Shady did, and we got hit with a bill for the same surgery, an option we would never deny her at this point. Grace is not just our dog, my wife Kate and I. Grace is our child. We have no children, nor will we. So Grace is our child. Our two cats are our children. And while Grace was at the vet, I was having... A tooth extracted that broke in my mouth uh, it broke in half due to decay a byproduct of not poor daily hygieno health but most likely a lack of teeth cleaning appointments due to a history of relative dental and tooth trauma starting in my childhood and faithfully following me through adulthood and every dentist and oral surgeon visits when Kate and I returned home from the vet lab work came back to me in an app via email notification about whether or not a spot on my back was cancerous results were benign thank god but the stress of waiting for the results was sufficient for me 
My point is that it is the suffering of good things like innocent children, animals, and so on that drives me to subconsciously and slowly pull away from God. It is not the question, why do bad things happen to good people that I struggle with? It is not God, if you love me, how can these things happen to me? Rather, it is more like, God, because you love me, how can you tolerate, or because you are love, how can you tolerate such suffering, so much suffering for so long as in the history of mankind? And then I think back to the creation story in Genesis. I think about how from the very first death in history, it was or was murder. A brother murdering a brother, a father losing a son, a mother losing her son to violence. I ask perhaps unanswerable questions like, why did God put a tree in the garden to tempt us? Why one tree that we were not allowed to touch, but everything else was fine? And why not just create Eden and have it be no restrictions, no quote-unquote cookie jar trees, no commands or rules, no don't touch the cookies. You are welcome to paradise, but with a catch, with temptation, with an evil serpent lurking to plant seeds of doubt in our heads. I wonder about who God is or how he can do these things or allow these things for us. I lack insight and I lack any understanding, so I lean away from him in frustration. But I do have a good wife, a great wife. She encouraged me to simply ask God why to lean into him and not away, because at least she knows that I always get an answer, even when I ask very specific questions questions. So knowing scripture has a payoff and this is where it pays off without looking uh, too far. My heart sometimes just kind of, or I get hit in my heart with these passages that I have memorized when I wait in silence with open and receptive ears and heart. Three scriptures came to mind. The first one is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The second one was Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And the third one is from Philippians chapter 4 verse 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now I, I'm certain that God was talking to me through these scriptures because they bubbled up to the surface of my heart very quickly and the three of them kind of together. Um, and when you look at them and put them together, it, it gave me a lot of solace and comfort and I knew that it was on track to answering my questions. Now, I, I, and I fully understand that I'm probably asking questions that can never be answered until we actually get to meet God face to face. But here he was at least telling me 
that there's hope in these things and in what I don't understand rest because the peace of God transcends any understanding I can have and he will guard my heart and mind. So with a little bit of more hope and expectation, I wanted to turn to the scriptures, particularly the creation story in Genesis, and really just wondering why those, well, there was two trees, but really just wondering why the tree in the garden, like, is God sadistic? And then also, how did the serpent even come to be created? Um, and... Well, first of all, I noticed from reading in Genesis that everything God did in the beginning to create the earth, he deemed good. The light was good. The land and the seas were good. The vegetation and plant-bearing seeds were good. The what we see as sun and moon were good, and the stars were good, and the separation of light from darkness was good the sea creatures were good the ground creatures and animals were good and the man and woman to subdue and rule the earth was good and all that he had made it was very good so right away when reading this it kind of begs the opposite question that i was asking i was asking well, is God sadistic in some kind of a way? Is he, like, is he bad? But now this is begging the question, is he good or how could he be bad? Because everything he's doing here is good, one after the other. Good, good. So the evidence here points to the fact that no matter what we say, that God is good, so then it moves on in the story and we come to verse 15 where it says the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and take care of it and the lord god commanded the man you are free to eat from any tree in the garden but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for when you eat from it you will certainly die and then he goes on to say, "It is not good for the man to be alone. For the man to be alone, I will make a helper suitable. Suitable. I'm sorry for him. Let me say that again. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So right away, when we see things becoming not good, if you would, for lack of a better term." God rectifies the problem instantly and right away. So he gives Adam freedom, but at the same time restricts him from eating of the tree, but not physically. He gives him an option to or not to, which would be free will. And then he sees that something here is not good, but being a good God in nature, he rectifies it. By creating for him a partner and a wife and then just down a little ways the serpent approaches Eve and we all know the story but he tells her the exact opposite of what God said he says you will not certainly die and we know the rest of the story Eve takes of the fruit she passes it on to Adam 
and the rest is a fallen uh well consequence for eating and and disobeying god Uh, eve was to have painful labor and her desires would be for her husband and he would rule over her and to adam since he listened to his wife and ate fruit from the tree he was to toil a cursed ground in in pain and eat food from it all the days of his life and and he says that the ground produced thorns and thistles and by the sweat of his brow he will eat his food until he returns to the ground which we say is death since from it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return now before i started reading the beginning of genesis i i did happen to remember when those earlier three scriptures came to me I happen to remember that it wasn't just the one tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it was also the tree of life had been planted in the Garden of Eden, the tree of life. And the way I remembered it is that God later hid the tree of life so that no man could get it. But I can't quote to you where that exactly is right now. I apologize. But it made me think that, okay, so the tree of the knowledge of good and evil didn't work out so he's gonna move this or hide this other tree he didn't let them in essence go ahead and make it have that choice to be able to take from that tree so to me that was almost you know proving that again god is good and i know this all sounds like simple theology 101 and it kind of is theology 101 it's called the fall um and it's why we are living in the world like we are today but my problem with all this is that this has been going on for thousands of years um the suffering and the pain and when i when i suffer with riding in the back seat holding my dog with her legs stitched up trying to just trying to get her off the road and home and safe and when i'm in the dentist's office and they're doing who knows what in my mouth because i have decay uh, a decayed tooth broken off um and then i'm you know stressing over do i have cancer and then i think about people who are actually really suffering like people who have lost children people who are paraplegic or who are you know going blind uh, and then you can go keep going up the ladder people who are displaced people who are displaced in war-torn countries people who fear for their lives every single day people who don't have drinking water and i could go on and on and on but this pain and the suffering god has been watching all of this ever since the first death that was promised to man after the fall uh, and, and the death was a murder and it was a violent murder um and so it's hard for me to understand the level of patience that that god has there's another scripture that says he's patiently waiting for all of us to come to repentance before he comes back for the end and i'll have to look that up um but I couldn't stand to watch my child suffer like he did with Jesus even for one day or even be, or, my weakness is that if someone even made fun of my son in grade school or something I'd be an overprotective father and I'd want to go 
beat some little kid up for talking trash to my son. Like, you can't do that to my kid. I mean, that's the way I feel like I would be. But my wife, Kate, kindly reminded me as well that that God knows the aftermath. He knows what's coming. Uh, he knows the circumstances, things that we don't know. And when I think about what Grace has been going through, she has been confined. Um, she has been drugged up, sent away, cut up, stitched up come home to being pretty much pent up pent up and she has no idea why she's suffering these things right now and she has no idea that the reason she got sent away and cut up and sedated and all that stuff was so that she could have a better future than she would have if she didn't go through those things i feel like that's how god feels with us he can't always get through to us because we are so small we can never possibly understand his greatness and his omnipotence and the fact that he knows the beginning the end the alpha the omega he is but that's what makes and forgive me for this kind of tangent i just have to call this my podcast uh, because this is what i'm thinking that's what makes jesus so great and I believe that's a part of the reason why God sent his son. A big, big part of the reason was so not just for reconciliation and not just salvation, but he sent Jesus for uh, compassion, empathy, understanding. He sent Jesus so that he could relate to us and, and know our weaknesses, our, our frailties, our temptations, so that he can relate. So like it says in Hebrews that we have not a master or a savior that is distant from us but one that knows our trials and jesus was obedient to the point of blood and shedding blood on a cross and crucifixion and it says also in scripture that we have not yet come to the point of shedding blood now some of us have there's people who have been martyred there's people who have been tortured there's people who have had accidents um, there's all kinds of stuff going on in this world. Um, but there's a lot of us who we have not been completely obedient. And then until shedding our blood or till death, we've been disobedient. So, uh, you know, I've told friends before who have given me compliments. I've said, no, I don't, I'm not deserving. You know, I don't deserve that. And, and, uh, you know, they'll say, oh, of course you do. Of course you deserve, you know, like a, like a high self-esteem type thing. Like, of course you deserve good things in your life. Da, 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 da. But like, really, we have sinned. We have fallen short. So therefore, we do not deserve the riches of the glory that God is going to share with us. And I know that I have not been heavenly minded. My focus has been just gazed in on earth, on everything i'm seeing in the news i'm honed in on things that are happening in the middle east things that are happening in uh, russia and ukraine and in europe things that are happening in the united states in washington dc and and things that are happening all down here on this earth things are happening in my life things are happening uh, th that are happening at work at my wife's work with my family, with my family's jobs, with their ailments. I'm 
everything I think about every single day has to do with this lifetime right now. And if those three scriptures that came to me are in the least bit true, I need to remember that this is a light and momentary thing and that it will not always feel this way. And that's what I try to tell my dog Gracie that I can't because she doesn't understand English. Uh, she, I can't communicate with her the way God sometimes just can't communicate with us because we don't understand everything he's trying to say. It's like a foreign language sometimes because we're so small. Gracie's brain is so small she doesn't understand what I'm trying to tell her. I'm trying to tell her, look, your leg's hurting right now. You're groggy right now. You're tired right now. You're pent up right now, but it will not feel this way forever. Someday, even on this earth, she's going to be running around again with her leg all patched up and good and, and, and feeling happy. But if down, even further down the line, if some, something bad happens because of the leg, well, it's still something that's going to accomplish for her. So let me just say for our hard times, it's going to accomplish for us something better, an eternal thing glory that outweighs everything that we've gone through it's going to be multiplied god is a rewarder i've always believed and taught that god is a rewarder but i haven't been walking the walk i've been leaning away i haven't been walking as if every time we suffer i'm racking up treasure in heaven but that's what we are doing we are accumulating treasure in heaven and if we don't focus on that, we're going to get lost in the darkness of the world and naturally confusion is going to come. So that's what's been going on with me. Um, I hope you maybe got something out of this podcast. It might have been a little too much ranting and a little too much Bible 101. Um, but faith is faith for a reason. It's because we are believing and hoping in something that's invisible and hoping in something that has not been you know specifically proven factually uh to us um and they that's you know it's called faith for a reason because it takes uh it takes a leap it takes it takes hanging on to something that we're not always sure is there and i think it takes a whole lot of strength and God's even in our weakness to do something like that. Ephesians chapter 3. Um, this is a passage that came to me that I almost let you go without sharing with you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So I'm going to challenge myself this week, and I should probably do it every day of every week for the rest of my life. But I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to challenge you to take a leap of faith. And what I mean by that is I, I want this faith in my life to reveal itself in how I walk and the choices I make. So for me, I want my faith to calm my nerves. I want my faith to have a little more appreciation for things that I take for granted. 
I want my faith to cause me to love better people that are really frustrating and intolerable almost. And I want my faith to help me to continue on in the grace of God and not just putting everything into works that can make me feel like I'm doing something right. And I challenge my faith to show itself in my appreciation of the personhood of Jesus Christ in my life and not for just the sunny days, but for the rainy days to praise him as well. And I will be praying the same for you. When Jesus waited to come save his friend Lazarus, Martha, Mary, his friends, when he came down, he was confronted and Jesus said the resurrection is coming for Lazarus and it was Martha or maybe it was I think it was Mary I'm sorry it might have been Mary who said to him I know uh, and if it was Martha forgive me that's not the point um, the point is what she said she said I know that the resurrection is coming that there is a resurrection in the afterlife which was a very faith-filled and bold thing for her to say because there was a lot of contention among Jews and there were factions of Jews who didn't even believe in the resurrection at all so she had this great faith she knew Lazarus would be resurrected but she was broken by the fact that Jesus was not there when he was not far away he had heard the news he knew about it but he didn't show up he didn't show up and there's times when Jesus doesn't show up in our life so we think or he stays far from us so we think because we can't hear him or he doesn't answer our prayers these things we think when we're empty when we're lonely when we're broken when we're scared but when Jesus came down, he not only wept over Lazarus, he snarked with anger. He was, his emotions were that of, of grief and that of anger. And earlier when I said I'm with Jonah and David and Moses, well, thank God we have a savior, Jesus, uh, our, our Lord can understand that when we snark with anger or we get mad at the way the world is and we grieve at the way the world is and sometimes even when we look to him and say why and we're frustrated with him he understands he doesn't get mad at us for that he didn't get mad at david for his psalms that he sang and wrote to god he was never mad at david for that he wasn't mad at people jeremiah you you can name almost every single person who challenged him he gets sad when we turn our back on him and we turn away from him is where a rift where we let a rift come between us but he's always waiting for us like the father and the prodigal and when he sees us turn he's not just going to wait for us to walk up he's going to run out to us in a way that others would consider even undignified he will run to us take us back and celebrate us immeasurably more immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us and to him glory glory be to him and he shares us in his 
glory. So we're not just achieving salvation and going to heaven and things that are beyond wonderful that words can even, you know, what can I say that will sum up heaven in a sufficient way, but we're going to have glory. We're going to have reward. We're going to sit with him on his throne. I mean, these things are absolutely incredible. So I want to live out my faith and I want to walk my life in joy and peace. I want to set down the guilt and the shame that were picked up initially by Adam and Eve in the garden when they first realized they were naked. They hid, they were guilty, and they felt shame. And I want to walk in the promised joy and peace that God has laid out for us, knowing that God's patience is for repentance, and we have to trust that he is good, that he is great, that he is holy, and that he is perfect and wonderful, and that he understands us, and that it's definitely not always going to feel like this. So, thanks for listening. If you haven't already, I would also encourage you to subscribe to the podcasts and turn on notifications because that way um, I don't release, um, I'm kind of like a bi-monthly, even less than that, podcast releaser. I don't put that many out. Um, that way you will get a notification on your phone when one does come out. So, um, yep, yeah, have a blessed day.